Jason here from the Journey Digital Marketing Podcast. I'm joined with Dave Hyman uh, from Reform Digital. You want to say hi? Yeah. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah. So Dave um, is a CRO specialist. He's amazing at you know improving Shopify campaigns, e-commerce, whatever um, you need to you know sell online. He's an amazing guru in that sense. Uh, he's been super active on LinkedIn and. Um, I know from his content and, you know, speaking to him that he runs an amazing, amazing agency. So, um, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna have a chat and see, you know, what, what happens behind the scenes and, you know, see the thoughts of Dave, I guess. Yeah, man. And thank you for the rap. That's, that's <laughs> nice words. It's, it's funny because, um, we've only known each other maybe like, you know, a few months and it's because we're both on similar journeys because we're both, you know, um, early days in our agency and stuff. And, I think we just connected and we had a chat and, you know, yeah. you and Jacob are obviously really good, um, like-minded people in this industry. And I kind of wanted to, you know, talk to you guys and get in touch and yeah, it's kind of been good from there. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like long story short, we both started our agencies right in the middle of a pandemic, which mm. I'm sure a lot of people would say is the, it was probably not the wisest thing, but it was something that we both decided to do. Um, and yeah, we just kind of found each other on LinkedIn and clicked from there. So, um, I'd love to hear kind of your background because you've worked at so many different agencies. You've got such an interesting kind of journey. Um, yeah. so yeah, talk to me about that and how you ended up building reform in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, it's crazy times and you know, exactly what you just said there. If I had have had my time again, four months ago, I might've rethought my decision, yeah, but yeah. Uh, no, I, I'll admit I'm loving it. And it's a, it's such a cool journey. And I think this has just amplified that even more, but my background's pretty, um, pretty lengthy, man. I, I started in-house. I was doing um, digital marketing for a range of different industries internally. So I was working mm. for companies. Um, I didn't really like that. Just my, the way that I work, I like to bounce ideas. I like to have different campaigns operating at different times. So yeah. when you're selling one product or one service over and over again, I just kind of got to that six months and kind of just yeah, got bored yeah. of it, to be honest. So that was my original kind of background. Then <clears throat> throughout, throughout all of that, I'd kind of like bought businesses i'd run shopify stores i'd sold them i'd always had like an entrepreneurial background and wanted yeah. to kind of you know be the next big guy on shark tank or something like yeah, that yeah, like that yeah. was what i always wanted to do and then i realized that i'm probably not cut out for that either just because um you, it's a lot of hard work and again you have to dedicate yourself to one thing which is one particular product so mm. again i'd kind of get to that point where i'm like uh are my creative juices flowing enough and then I kind of joined the world of agency. And as you said, I've been at a few agencies now, worked at SEO agencies, worked at digital, mm. like mostly paid agencies, worked at agencies that claim, I suppose, that they're like full service. And I think it took me to have that experience for me to realize that I love digital and I love mm. the agency side of things, but I couldn't really find the exact fit for me. So then, you know, I'd been kind of toying with the idea unfortunately due to the pandemic i was made redundant and mm. you know for good cause because now i get to do something that i love and something that i was really excited about so similar to you man i had that decision which was like do i take another job and just get through this period or do i go for it and i think i mentioned to you before my wife's pregnant so we're mm. expecting in november so i've got a pandemic plus a kid on the way lots yeah. of external pressures but when I thought about that from a different perspective, which was these are now motivations. You know, I want to provide for my family. I want to get through this pandemic and I want to do it my way. Uh, it was such an easy decision and I, I built reform and it's been excellent ever since. 
Yeah, that's actually such an insane kind of situation to be in, right? Like being stood down, you know, your wife's pregnant, you know, another baby, uh, a baby coming on the way and stuff like that. Mm. Um, like, talk to me about like what you think there, because I know a lot of people like starting a business is the most scary thing for them. You know, they talk about risk, you know, risk adversity and stuff like that, having stability in the full-time job, especially when you're having a kid on the way. Like mm. why, like how did you outweigh the pros versus the cons to kind of just, you know, make the decision I'm starting an agency and we'll, you know, we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. I'm super, super lucky by having a really supportive wife who just, you know, <clears throat> for some reason blindly trusts everything that I do. So that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I sort of, I sort of sat down with her and said, this is what I want to do. And yeah. she was super supportive and she said, oh, you know, as long as it makes you happy. And I think probably for me, it was mm. a way up of like, I could go get a good salary and I could go sit at another agency and, you know, I'd play my part and I'd do some reasonable work, but mm. it doesn't motivate me. It doesn't drive me. And, I was kind of coming home, you know, just kind of like grumpy or not even grumpy, just kind of like flat and just being like, oh, you know, I got through a day. I've never been that kind of a person. And I, you know, sometimes I wish I was a person who just went to work, earned some mm. money, came home and just put it out of their head, but I just can't. So I think we kind of weighed it up. We said, is this viable for me? Mm. Um, obviously the pressure was for me to pay myself a salary as soon as possible, which I've been mm. able to do, which I'm extremely lucky to have done. Um, and then once I figured out that that was the case, you know, we were talking before this podcast about accounting, got an accountant on board to actually make sure I was doing my books and stuff. Um, once I kind of got it in my head, that this was a really viable option for me and, you know, my family and my future. I just thought, you know what, let's go for it. And if I'm going to go for it, let's do it properly. So I dove head first and Mm. here we are, you know, three, four months later, got a really good group of clients. Mm. Um, working with like-minded people like yourself, smashing out content that I love. And yeah, I don't think I can ever go back. Yeah, for sure. I think hundred percent echoing everything you just said, like, you know, building the agency is such a, it's such a unique but rewarding uh, business model where like you get to work with so many different businesses, help them grow. But like you mentioned, it's kind of like you're working yourself in these businesses. Like I'm mm. the exact same. I've always wanted to start my own business. I've always been, I, you know, I've had my fair share of trying Shopify, like drop shipping businesses, selling watches and ties and stuff. But like you mentioned, to succeed in that that space, you really need to dedicate yourself to that one thing. And absolutely, you know, man, going down the agency road, you kind of get to work on businesses you'd never ever, you know, work on before. You know, we've got a one of our clients. Yeah, go on. I was, I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong, but like you get invested, yeah? So like I yeah. had a client um, the other day who came on board. I can openly talk about them. They're pretty normal. They're pretty cool about it. So they're called Hagen's Organics. Um, they're down here in Melbourne. They do like yeah. fresh produce and they've exploded during COVID because they can send big meat packs to everybody, yeah, organic yeah. eggs or organic milk. Yeah. And I bought my dad like a pack for Father's Day. <clears throat> so I called them and I'm like, hey, can you just give me, you know, your... pack or whatever. And they're like, you know, you don't have to buy from us. Like just because we're a client, you don't have to buy from us. And I'm like, no, no, but I do. Like I want to buy from you because I'm invested. Like if I'm doing your campaign and I'm kind of supporting you and I believe in what you're doing, then of course I want to support you. And of course I want to buy a pack of, you know, meat to send to my dad, which dad love by the way. So like, I don't know about you, man, but I just feel a part of their business, almost like a marketing wing. And that makes me want to work harder for them. Yeah, it's like, it's this weird, like, um, personal attachment where you'll be sitting around a campfire and you're like, hey guys, like, if you need, like, this type of service, like, hit up my client. Like, even though, yeah. you, 
sometimes, you know, you don't 100% haven't used it yourself, but you just find yourself trying to like vouch for them kind of thing and just do whatever you can to help them. So that's, that's super, um, yeah, it's super interesting. Um, talk to me about like reform, reform digital, because obviously you and I are talking about this before the podcast, um, about how you kind of started and what the name means. You want to just touch on that real quick? Yeah, cool. So reform in its like most basic essence, if you go grab a dictionary, it literally just means to change something that's not working. So Mm. you and I have both spoken about this industry and there are obviously a lot of agencies and a lot of players out there. There's also consultants, there's also freelancers, there's also a huge range of different people that are offering digital marketing services Mm. and not all of them are good. Let's be honest. There are a group of them that are pretty average in their delivery. So for me, what I found in this industry was lots of people have been burnt before. Lots of people had had yeah. conversations with agencies that over promised them the world under delivered, kept them in contracts. You know, there's so many things going on. So for me, the whole concept behind it was I didn't want to be a run of the mill agency. I wanted to be mm. somebody that could deliver value that could be transparent, that could, you know, offer these people a resolution who are just looking for, a way to improve their business and not be stuffed around. And that's how reform kind of came into, you know, fruition. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like when I first started the agency, which is like four months ago, I feel like I've matured so much in that four months. Um, Mm. I originally was like, I'll take on any work, you know, send me SEO. I'll do some web builds. Um, you know, I'll do a CRO audit once off here and there. But as I've sort of started to get into this game, I'm kind of like, I don't know, you can't really be a full service agency. You can't be a Mm. jack of all trades. It really doesn't work for me anymore. I think you have to pick that category that you're good at. So you mentioned e-commerce before. That's probably where our majority of our clients come from, an e-commerce background. And we try and kind of leverage our conversion optimization expertise. And we kind of combine that with paid advertising. So we do SEO. We're pretty good at it. I wouldn't necessarily say that we're going to be the high level SEO agency that you want for extreme like technical difficulties, but mm. we can offer some value there. We can help with some web build stuff, but we don't want to build websites from start to finish. Um, but so where we found, kind of found our, you know, our wheelhouse, I suppose, is that paid advertising with a big overriding yeah. conversion optimization. And that's kind of how it's coming, you know, into fruition, man. And mm. people seem to love that, which is great. Yeah. And I think you touched on a really important thing about like um, specializing rather than like stretching yourself too thin. Cause a lot of times you look around like different agencies, they, they do everything, web development, SEO, graphic design, branding, and they just, you know, specialized full service agency. And I'm just like, that's a bit of a, uh, that's kind of, ironic. yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, like, like you mentioned that so many people have been burnt in this industry. And I think, um, when you, when you ask a lot of business owners about, you know, marketing agencies in general, I think a lot of the times the perception is quite negative. You know, a lot of people have been burnt and they're almost reluctant to go to another agency just because, you know, the things that they were promised in the past hasn't, haven't been fulfilled. You know, they've been, you know, over-promised, under-delivered kind of thing. And it's just, um, it's a very common thing and it's not uncommon for someone to be burnt and scared to market again, uh, which is mm. kind of... Um, it's, it's not good for industry, I don't think. It's not a good look for us marketers, especially. But it does definitely have some sort of um, potential for agencies that we're hopefully trying to build, you know, honest transparency. Yeah, 100%, yeah. man. I, I mean, 
the thing here is that we're, we're obviously very involved in it, but I guess yeah. if I put myself in the head space of say like a potential client or somebody who's navigating here, think about it from a different perspective. So if I'm buying a car, yeah. So for me personally, mm-hmm. I'm not a massive car person, but I've had Toyotas, I've had Subarus, I've had, you know, my current car is a Subaru Outback mm. like station wagon. Yeah. I've had a horrible box of a Ford Falcon that my mum handed down to me. Like there's, there's all different varieties. Yeah. Yeah. It took me to get to this point in my life, you know, you know, 31 where I'm like, okay, cool. I kind of have a rough idea of a car that I particularly like. Yeah. It's also the same in digital marketing. Yeah. So you can go out there and you can potentially have, you know, all the bells and whistles attached to an agency or a car when you're at a car service mm. or, you know, like a car dealership or whatever. And you might start driving it and think, oh, well, it's probably not the right fit for me. So I'm not necessarily upset about people having a few agencies over their lifetime. That's going to happen mm. organically either way. You get to a point in a relationship with an agency where sometimes you don't think you can scale together or, mm. you know, your expectations were wrong from the beginning. That's fine. I understand that. It's when I hear the stories about people that have, been promised the world under delivered and then just like no i don't know no assistance no service no value from the agency who have just kind of said this is what you signed up for if you're not Mm. happy with it piss off really is the kind of reaction they get and for me that's just not good enough because these people are entrusting a fair bit of money especially Mm. from small to medium businesses they're kind of relying on us to make sure that they get a return and if we can't offer that then how can you offer this service, you know, in digital marketing? Yeah. That's where it kind of, where you know, like, are you the same? Is, is that kind of where it annoys you? Yeah, hundred percent. Like, I think one of the, the big things um, that really like drove me to build my own agency was uh, one of my mates owns like a, a, a landscaping company. And um, long story short, they've been running with this agency in Brisbane for like a whole, a whole year, like 12 months. And um, I had a chat to him like one day and I was like, you know, how, how, how's everything going? He's like, Oh, I think it's going all right. And I'm like, what do you mean? You think like, he's like, oh, I get reports every month and you know, whatever. I get a few phone calls. I'm not really sure what's happening. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, Matt, let, let me just take a look. Cause I'm in marketing. I work for an agency. Let's just have a look. And I looked at like the 12 months of historical data and it was just like, um, you know, like thousands of thousands of dollars spent. Like there was no conversion tracking. I think, they got like one or two phone calls, like 0.0001% conversion rate. I'm just like, mate, you've spent like, you, you've paid like $5,000 for one phone call or something. And he, he there was just no, um, that it, it's kind of, you can't say there's no transparency, but there was a lack of education um, mm. on behalf of like my mate. Like he didn't understand what was actually happening because there was too much, too much jargon, too much, like complex moving parts of like, what, what is a conversion rate? What do these numbers mean? Like, like I'm exactly. you, just take it, just take my money and then like, just see what happens. And I think a lot of agencies, um, kind of manipulate that or like, you know, um, use that to their advantage and, you know, sign people up to like long, long-term contracts and say, you know, Oh, we're not getting your results, but it's just because, you know, X, Y, and Z complex term that you don't understand just let me do it and you, you, you know, go away kind of thing. And yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on. And there's pretty graphs with green arrows and yeah, you know, they highlight the the good things and don't mention the bad things. Like, 
it's nuts. It's nuts. People can just manipulate data however they want to. Yeah. The difficulty is what you just said there, probably even before they manipulate data, so they even understand what the data means from the get-go. <laughs> like yeah. what's conversion tracking? Why am I tracking phone calls mm. versus form inquiries? Mm. What is ROAS? How does return on ads? Yeah, what, what are all these acronyms? Yeah. What are you talking about? People won't know what CRO is, you know, conversion rate optimization. What does that even mean? So yeah. like, if you're not prepared to explain that, then you can never really be held accountable. And I think that's mm. yeah something that agencies definitely take advantage of. In saying that, I mean, we paint a pretty dark picture. There are some really great agencies out there yeah. that do a tremendous job. Yeah. It's just annoying that we're in an industry where the education curve is really far behind. So, you know, a, mm. a concept like SEO is really difficult for people, but they yeah. realize that they need it. So they just call you and go, hey, I need some SEO. And they just take a dart shot in the dark and yeah, say, sure. agency A will do, let's just give it a go for six months and see how we go. Little do they know that that six months could cost their business a lot of money. So Yeah, 100%. It's such a, such a weird, um, complex space to be in, I think, but... Um, if you kind of break it down to its its core elements, you know, are you making money? Is your business growing? Kind of thing, right? Because um, if you think about it, you know, if you put if you put a dollar in a in a in like a I don't know, like a pokey machine or whatever, and then you get like you know nothing back, it, it'd be kind of ludicrous. But uh, to just keep putting money in, but I guess um, people kind of don't really think about it that way. Um, advertising yeah. and digital marketing, they kind of um, it's kind of numb to the feeling that you're spending thousands and thousands and seeing nothing. Um, well, you, you, you yeah. need it. And like, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, I've heard it a million times. My competitor's doing it is always the response. My competitor's mm. doing SEO, so I have to do SEO. And you're like, well, hang on. Who's your competitor? Are they even a competitor? Like, you know, they yeah. might be playing in completely different ball games. I mean, mm. I think it's always a really difficult thing to get a client who just says, what should I do? because that is such an open-ended question. Like mm. uh, there's millions of directions I can take you. So if you don't have somebody that's got that strategic understanding, really understands your business, kind of understands the way that you're going to, I don't know, operate as a business and get the best return for that client, then you're never going to win. I mean, people mm. can throw together a Facebook campaign. People can give SEO a bit of a try. People can run Google AdWords. They're incentivizing people to do it. Now they want people to spend mm. money on their platforms it's having the knowledge and understanding exactly what campaigns to run on all of those platforms and how you can get the best out of it. That really makes us worth our while. And mm. that's, that's where the crux of this comes to because people will, you know, sell themselves as a premium or whatever. And mm. if they don't get that expectation in line with what you originally promised the client, then it just goes south from there. Yeah. So it's a total like misunderstanding of like, um, yeah, I saw it online, saw a client, like a competitor do it. I've got to do something similar. So then you've got businesses and, you know, industries that don't need certain things like Facebook ads and like, oh yeah, I need Facebook. You know, I need this because I saw it online. But the truth is, you know, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind sometimes. Sometimes you've got mm. competitors doing the most ridiculous strategies that more often than not might, like, shouldn't work based on, you know, the certain elements. Um, and then you've got, you know, on the back end of that, other competitors following that competitor. So exactly, it's, it's, it's a bit crazy. Of a, yeah, yeah. Um, so to talk to me about like where you're trying to take this agency, because obviously you're you're trying to do kind of something similar in what Jacob and I are wanting to do, like you know, just provide an honest, transparent service. You know, get it to a point where we can employ really amazing people and just love what we do, 
perhaps even, you know, take some of the businesses that we work with in-house ourselves, you know, like have equity in the business kind of thing, just have a great time building, building businesses. So yeah, talk to me about where you want to go with reform. Um, yeah, it's a really good question. I, you know, I think that everybody, when they start an agency has these grand plans for mm. where they want yeah, to be, yeah. you know, like in five years, I want to be a hundred staff, blah, blah, blah. But like, sure. for me, it's not really about that. For me, I kind of never want to grow to the point where I, you know, am aggressively scaling just for the sake mm. of it. I think I want to be, I think I want to be comfortable. I think I want to be in a point where I have a really good team around me. Mm. Um, I really want to have like-minded people. As a matter of fact, it's taken me a bit of time to get to a point where I can, you know, honestly say I probably want some smarter people in the room than me. I love to think that I'm, you know, the be all and end all, but there are some really clever human beings out there. And, you know, particularly in this industry, quite young, like quite young kids are really picking this up quite well. So I think for me, it's about surrounding myself with an awesome team, having some really good Mm. clients that want to get the most out of it. And I want to just grow this business to a point where, you know, apart from supporting my family and having like a reasonably good income and having like a really good, you know, group of people that are all having the same thing and being, you know, um, being paid the way that they should be. I think it's just a matter of having that really good group of clients, a really good vibe, a really good culture. Um, Mm. And yeah, I just want to be able to go to work every day and do something that I love. I mean, ideally when we get out of this pandemic, I love having an office. I love bouncing off people. Um, working remote with my team at the moment has been good and it's fine, but it is really nice to be able to be right next to each other, a kind of brainstorming. And I mean, you're up in Queensland, so you have a little bit more, yeah, a little bit more leisure and a bit more flexibility, but Victoria, like where do not leave a 5k radius at the moment. So yeah, it's been really interesting, but I'd love to get back to a point where we can brainstorm. And I love like a client walking into the, you know, to the agency or to the the workspace and just being able to like bounce off everybody else and Mm. feel the vibe and kind of have like a good feel about where they're at. So for me, it's all about, I guess it's not like the vanity stuff anymore. It's not, I want 20,000 clients and I want 150 staff working here. That's not really anything to me anymore. It's more about, I want an awesome culture with awesome people with great clients Mm. and do really, really solid work. That's all. That's all it's about for me now. No, that's really awesome, man. I, I love that answer. And I think like from my perspective, when like, correct me if I'm wrong, this is the way I feel about it. But before I started an agency, I kind of had these grandiose fucking like plans, right? I want to make a million dollars. I want to do this da, 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 like, at some point. But then once you build that agency and you get to a point where you're paying yourself a full-time salary and, you know, things are running smoothly. And now it's just a point of, you know, building that, you know, more more revenue to hire more employees and stuff like that i kind of felt numb in the sense that like i don't need to make you know millions and millions of dollars now it's more about you know impact and helping these businesses and enjoying the job kind of thing and i think it's really interesting that you mentioned it's not about the vanity stuff now it's more about just having that connection with your team having an office like once the pandemic's over and stuff like that having that energy in the room so you can bounce really cool ideas and just like you know do some awesome work and i think that is 100 percent like on par with what i believe as well because um it's before all this pandemic stuff right you everyone wanted to work from home it was like i hate the office life i want to work from home you know blah 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 mm-hmm. but now everyone's in working from home and you're like god damn i miss the office man i miss yeah, that I energy I, yeah i miss <laughs> that you know that structure where i can talk to you know my like 
my team members and bounce ideas with clients and just create something magical. So mm. yeah, I think, is, is that what you're planning to do once this pandemic has kind of like died down a bit, get your own office and kind of move your team in there? Yes. I mean, we have, we have an office space that, you know, we've just got on hold at, hold at the moment. So yeah, ideally it'd yeah. be good to go back in there, but I don't think everything's going to go back to normal straight mm. away. And I think, we probably need to come to terms with the fact that I'll probably yeah. have a pretty flexible roster come in a couple of days a week, stay at home a few days a week. Like I'm not fussed as long as, mm. as long as we're productive together and we can be efficient. But I, I do just really like that interaction. And I mean, just little things, man, like, you know, I was planning a pretty decent sized Christmas party this year and I'm like, well, we'll, we'll probably have to postpone that because yeah. you know, I don't think anything's going to be opened up and that's just to get the people around you. It's mm. great to, do business every day but you're also working with just some really nice people and it's also nice to just spend time and you yeah. know kind of be a team and not have to worry about being in the trenches and doing work so yeah yeah the the plan will definitely be to go into an office at some point in time yeah. but i think you know might, you might be the same we might have to do a bit more remote and you know be a bit more flexible with that going yeah forward. yeah 100 percent. like how has that been for you like obviously you're based in melbourne in the peak of a pandemic and you know I'm not 100% sure on like the lockdown situation there, but there's definitely like a lot of challenges growing your own business. Um, like talk to me about how you're overcoming these challenges, how you're coping with all of that. Yeah, hundred percent. It's, um, it's funny because you know, you, you don't even know what we're doing in Victoria and you're only a state away. So yeah. like Australia's Australia's in a weird spot. We, we kind mm. of from state to state don't really know what everybody's regulations are. So for us, we're trapped within a 5k radius of our house. We've got, uh, I think at the moment we've got one hour of exercise a day. And then I think we've got a curfew here at a bit till 8 PM. So mm. like you can imagine that we are pretty much spending 95% of our time at home. So yeah. for me, it's good. I mean, for me personally, I've been able to spend time with my wife, mm. um, a lot more time with my family, my dog that I haven't had the chance to, because you know, we've had to go to work and stuff. So I've yeah. really been super appreciative of that. But yeah, it definitely takes a toll on you. I mean, I feel like Groundhog Day, a lot of the time I wake up, you know, I cook, I come and do my work. I yeah. sit in the lounge room at the moment, you know, I watch a bit of telly, I go to bed, I wake up and do it all again. Like it's yeah. a pretty repetitive situation. And as much as I'm doing really well with it, I can imagine there's a lot of people out there that are doing bad. I mean, mm. for me, I, you know, I've got a roof over my head and I can, mm. you know, come and do this job. And we're lucky that we're in an industry that can work through a pandemic. Cause I know that there's a lot of people out there yeah. that have lost jobs that won't be able to, I was talking to, um, to a client that was supposed to come on with me earlier in the year who was in the wedding industry and like the oh, wedding industry and events yeah. has just been crippled. So I was talking to her and she's lovely and she's just like, you know, we'll work together when things ease up. But she's like, for the moment, I don't know what to do. Like I only mm. really know wedding event planning. I don't really have any other skill set. So I sort of just have to sit and wait. And I'm like, God, there'd be, you know, think mm. about like air stewardesses and air stewards, like what are they going to do until international travel and, you know, mm. lights are back on track and stuff. It's, it's nuts. So mm. as much as I think it's difficult for us and, you know, people are kind of thinking Victoria is pretty doom and gloom, like we've got it pretty good and I personally have it pretty well. So I have to be pretty mm. appreciative for that. Yeah. I think it's a really good mindset to have because yeah, like you can get in the habit of just being like living under a rock kind of thing, right? Like wake up, just do your thing and then kind of forget why you're doing it in the first place. I think I was mm. um, a couple of weeks ago, I was like, kind of caught in that trap you know just waking up every day just building a business just working but not really appreciating 
what you're doing or why you're doing it kind of thing. So I think um, mental health and, you know, all of that stuff is so, so like super important, especially yeah, if you're building a business, um, especially, you know, in this, in this pandemic and stuff like that. So um, 100%. yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I, I think you mentioned something like I kind of just like, I had a random thought, but have you ever been in a situation where like you're talking to like, potential clients like you know um people coming on board but you 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 know for a fact that the business model isn't up to scratch or there are some flaws that just there's something missing that you know um is not going to enable them to really succeed in the online mm-hmm. space or something like that like how do you how do you kind of go about that like when you know look i can't help you because this is this is missing but i know you need help it's just yeah you know yeah i don't know talk to me about that because it's something that i kind of struggle with because i obviously i love helping people but i know there is a limitation that we're in the space of we can help as many people as we can but we can't help everybody and that's just the simple um super thing about it yeah absolutely i mean i've probably got two answers to this because there's actually two elements to it so you're talking about the really like modest um you like to help people and i'm the same i really do there's also another element to it and especially seeing as we're new businesses yeah it is really hard to turn down work because at the end yeah. of the day you know i kind of want to earn a living so yeah. yeah i'll give you a really quick story um and you might have seen this on linkedin i did a post recently about saying no to my first ever client like yeah. just straight yeah. up saying to them no like oh, i don't want to take you on so really lovely lady um i'm not going to go into too much about her background or her industry i, I think that'd be unfair but she was really lovely we had a nice conversation about you know what was going on and we were pretty much at the point of like are you ready to sign on i'm pretty keen Mm. and just a couple of things that she said to me were pretty just apparent that it wasn't going to work out the really big red flags and that's the difficulty in this industry because you see Mm. red flags and sometimes you ignore them but these were just too big for me the expectation was unreasonable Mm. um one of the things that got to me was that she wanted weekly catch-ups which i'm not really that upset about but for the retainer and the value that she was actually going to bring to my business i thought Mm. she's eating up a lot of my time sure i don't think i need to manage it that way and then even when i tried to negotiate with her and say you know maybe fortnightly and then we could ease off on that she's like no weekly i want to talk to you every monday for at least an hour and i was just kind of like at least an hour like (laughs) okay (laughs) like there's there's necessity for communication but like not to the point of you're dictating when and when we don't talk. So I don't know. There was a few different things that went on. So I eventually told her, Hey, I don't think this is a good thing for you. Oh, well, sorry. I don't think this is a good fit for us. And she was actually really lovely. And I Mm. said, here's a few agencies that I think could work for you. They're referrals of good agencies that I think do well. Um, Good luck. All the Mm. best. And she was like, thank you. You didn't have to do that. Like, you know, you went out of your way to give a, give me the contact details of other agencies. And she goes, I hope that we work together in the future. So it was all really amicable. Mm. So that's one example. That's one example of somebody that, you know, just isn't going to work for your business on the flip side for you. What you're asking is how do you deal with people who genuinely need your help? Like they really do yet. They're just not going to work. Like you look Mm. at their campaign and you go, God, I don't think I can actually get your return. And there's a few of them. Um, I work with a lot of Shopify websites and I work with a few like mum and pop kind of shops And the issue with that is that like you get some industries that are just saturated. And I had a woman contact me the other day talking about soy candles. And I was like, oh, like there are so many soy candle online stores. There are so many markets. It is so oversaturated. 
and she just didn't have the funds. Like she just, she couldn't afford me. She just really Mm. wasn't in the right spot, but she was like such a lovely human being and she just really needed some help. And I was like, I want to help her. And I actually, in the end, I actually suggested like just doing a once-off implementation for her just to Mm. try and help her out and give her a bit of a leg up. I gave her a few pointers, said, here's some stuff you can go research for some SEO, you know, just get your website up to scratch. But I don't know, man, I'm the exact same as you. It was really hard to say, I'm sorry, but I don't think that you're the right fit for an agency at this point in time. You're probably six to 12 months too early in your, in your, I guess your stature, yeah. but I don't know, man, like how do you deal with it? How, yeah. how have you felt? Yeah. Like, like you, I think there's a couple of points to consider. And I think um, one, you have to think about it. Like, yes, you, you want to help people. You have the best intentions, but at this, at the end of the day, you're still a business owner. And that's kind of mm-hmm. the struggle that you need to kind of adopt to when you're building a business coming away from like the, oh, I'm a guy who wants to help people. And it's like, well, I'm also a person who runs a business that needs to employ other people. So I have an obligation to, you know, bring, bring, bring home the bacon for these people to, you know, live off. So um, the, the second consideration is that like sometimes businesses come to you for help. They're more in desperation mode rather than like growth mode. And, mm. you know, it's not, we're not in the business of, um, you know, helping people like yes we can we can grow businesses and help people you know survive kind of thing but if a business is fundamentally failing because of the industry and all these other circumstances um it's not our obligation i'm sorry if you can get my niece in the background but uh, um, that's nice i have to get used to it anyway (laughs) yeah (laughs) working from home situation yeah but um yeah like we can't help everybody if there's so many things that are out of our control you know we can do things like position the campaign or do this and um you know just just move as many levers as we can but sometimes it's just out of our control and Mm. we need to understand that you know even if we take on this campaign it's not going to be beneficial for the client because they're giving us a retainer they're spending all this money and we know in the back of our minds it's not going to work but also for for our perspective from the business it's a time suck. We're, we're throwing all this time into a campaign that we know won't work. And obviously when campaigns don't work, you need to keep putting hours in and hours in to, mm. to make that campaign work somehow. So mm. um, yeah, it's, it's a really hard one. I think similar to your situation, like if I believe a campaign won't work, I'll try and refer them to someone who potentially might be able to help them or I'll just give them recommendations and just be upfront because you know, the, the last thing we want to do as an agency um, is take on a client that one can't afford us um, and is basically in desperation mode giving like their life savings to us mm. and then the campaign not work out because that is such a difficult situation to be in. Um, especially it's hard to know. work through. You, you, yeah. you, like the conversations are always negative. There's never a positive. Even if you have a decent month but still doesn't bring them a return, you're still sitting there going... You know, uh, you're on the back foot the whole entire time and it sucks. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a massive advocate for helping anybody and everybody that you can, but mm. when it gets down to it, there are just some campaigns that you just can't do anything about. And I think mm. as I've gotten into this a little bit more, I'm starting to realize that and I'm, I'm at ease letting go of campaigns that originally I would have been like, no, let's just give this a try. Let's yeah, just go yeah. for it. I think I'm now getting to a point where I'm like, no, I just don't think that's right. And 
here's the other thing. The other thing is that like a lot of the stuff that these people need, especially early days, um, potential clients can be found mm. online now. Like there really yeah. is so much information. There is so much content out there that can help you get a good starting point. And I mean, it may not necessarily skyrocket your business. You might just get a few more sales trickling in, but just the concept of having a few of those sales might give you more mm. trust in the delivery and trust in your business that you might be able to probably, I guess, commit to an agency a little bit better and you might mm. be able to put some budget aside for it. I mean, one of my favorite things about clients is that they kind of act as if an agency is like this, I don't know, like when, when they think of an agency, they think of like this secret chamber with like metal doors, you know, yeah. like we are really like an agency agency. Yeah, yeah. Whereas like, sometimes you just have to realize that we're just people as well. Like we're just mm. trying our best to help you out. So I think there's this kind of, uh, you know, initially there's kind of this give and take kind mm. of, Oh, I'm a little bit worried about these guys. But at the end of the day, we're, we're worried to taking on a client. We want to make sure that we're offering the best value, making sure the campaign actually works for them. Because as you mm. said, then you get to the point three months down the track, Hey, we've done nothing and you've spent this amount of money. What do you want to do? Yeah, it's normally yeah. not a very nice conversation. I mean, uh, let me ask you this. How do you deal with something that I've found in this industry, which is like anxiety prevention, like kind of like anxiety mitigation, because you know, yeah. there are clients that make you super anxious. There are moments in this job that make you anxious. How do you go about preventing that at the moment? Yeah, that's, oh, that's such a good topic to bring up because transitioning from like an employee to then like a business builder kind of thing, one where you're like, obligated to get results for your clients but also obligated to build a business and pay your staff and etc etc there's a lot of like pressure on your back right you need to perform on the client side but also internally as well and Mm. um, when you're running campaigns for people um, and businesses that actually need the return that you know literally um, rely on that on on the on the results you produce month on month it's definitely something that you keep in the back of your mind, even you know when you're clocking off and stuff like that. To answer your question, how I um, how I deal with it, I think it's kind of like a perspective thing and understanding that. Look, as long as we're doing everything we can um, to get this client results, and we feel like we're doing a better job than you know what they were doing beforehand, it's just a a bit of a like a kind of like an internal reality check that like, look, you know, that's okay. As long as we're doing what we can do within our control, the results are kind of a byproduct of that. But if we're doing everything we physically can and the results aren't there, we just need to keep working on it until we get those results and not really like um, pinning yourself and saying, you know, Oh, it's, it's all my fault. You know, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like, yes, it's a, it's a shit feeling to have if you don't get results for your clients. But as long as you're doing everything you can, as long as your team is doing everything you can and you understand that, you know, yeah, we're doing everything um, like for the benefit of the client, mm. that that's fine. You know, like try not to really hold yourself 100% accountable for like our progress. For everything. It's, not, it's yeah. not always all your, all your fault. Yeah. I, I mean, I completely agree. And I, I tend to be the same. I think um, if there's anybody out there that listens to this and is actually mm. genuinely interested in starting an agency, like come in with the expectation that you are going to have a lot of highs and you're going to have a lot of lows. It yeah. happens. I have days where, you know, 
I'm sitting there thinking I'm the king of the world and the next minute I'm, you know, the skull yeah. on the bottom of the shoe just because I've made, you know, a couple of mistakes and it's just how life happens. I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll give you a really good example. I've just brought on a whiskey distillery over here in Mornington in Melbourne. Yeah. And we got their campaign up and running and we were moving along and over the weekend that we got started or sorry, the week leading up to the first weekend of their campaign, there had been heaps of traffic, but not a lot of conversions. And I was really worried about this client because, you know, I really mm. like them. They're nice people. They're pretty fresh into the marketing game. Mm. I'm sitting there looking at the data and I'm going, what's happening? Like I'm looking at my dashboard, um, you know, like our marketing dashboard and I'm just not seeing any ROAS and not seeing any transactions coming through mm. and I'm panicking all weekend. And you know, this yeah. thing is a full-time job. Unfortunately, I work on a Saturday and a Sunday as well, just to make mm. sure I'm on top of everything. And I get to Monday and I'm talking to my head of paid and I'm like, mate, what's going on? Like, we're really struggling. And he's like, yeah, this is odd because like there should be sales here. So we did a bit of dig- a bit of digging and something that had been left in the back of their GA hadn't been amended. So the reporting wasn't actually pulling the way that it yeah. should be. So I had a look at their data and dug a bit deeper and I'm like, oh man, these guys have had eight transactions over the weekend. Yeah, They're fine. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing yeah. really, really well. Yeah. So I got myself really worked up, anxious and like really over the top and little did I know that there was a like a small conversion tracking issue that we amended and now they're on track again and looking fine. So like these little things that yeah. shouldn't really be that big an issue, they worry you and they get you anxious because yeah, they're yeah. your clients, they're, you know, it's your campaign, it's your agency. Yeah. It's full on. It's definitely an internal struggle, especially I think it's probably um especially like specific for like a business owner, like a like a founder or something where you kind of need to like, trust the process in a sense. Like obviously, yes, that, that was a bit of an issue. The tracking should have been implemented better. But um, when you're looking at campaigns day to day and you're like talking to your head of pay, like why aren't we getting results? Why aren't we getting results? It's like, well, one, we're doing everything we can. We've, we've done all the processes and everything's set up. Let's just trust the process um, to see results. Don't look at it day by day. But as the founder, as the, the person building business, you're like, you can't help yourself. You look at it day to day. You might not get results for first three or four days. You're like, Oh my God, like scratching your head, pulling it out. Like what is going on? And then by the end of the week, you know, you've gotten 10 conversions and everything's all sweet. Your conversion rates are 10%. It's like through the roof smashing like industry average. You're like, Oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. We're all good. Like uh, at the end of the day, uh, I've actually smashed out a really good campaign. Yeah. That's just how it is sometimes, but it's just interesting to pick your brain about that. Cause yeah, that's obviously something that's pretty big from agency sake. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, I think we'll probably, um, wrap it up soon. I think just before, um, we wrap it up, I'd love to know kind of, because, um, recently I've been scrolling through Facebook and I've seen like, uh, I don't know if it's you as well, but I've been seeing the same businesses over and over again, like e-com wise. Like, and it seems to me that a lot of businesses are building, maybe it's because of like the drop shipping, like industries like booming these days. I don't know, but a lot of businesses are kind of doing the same thing where it's like selling tights, selling candles, like you mentioned, and it's so, so saturated. So I don't know if you have any tips like e-com wise, like how can people, kind of cut through the noise and build businesses in that e-commerce space. Cause I know a lot of people that are listening would kind of love that, love that, you know, industry, you know, how to, how to build this amazing e-com business. Yeah. It's a really hard question. Cause if I knew the answer, I'd probably do a bunch of them yeah, myself, yeah, but, sure, sure. but um, no, I, I know where you're coming from. I mean, probably the industry that I found in the last 12 months that I just see constantly over and over again has been vaporizers. I don't know why, but vaping yeah. is apparently the cool new thing. 
um, and everybody drop ships. They're all the same stuff from China yeah. and everybody gets the most identical products. Um, I, I don't really love drop shipping. Don't drop ship. Mm. Go for a product that you don't need to drop ship. They, like at the end of the day, when you're drop shipping, you're going to Oberlo or you're going to Alibaba or whatever. So you're getting it from the same pool of products that everybody else in the world can get. So uh, firstly, yeah. I wouldn't say drop ship. I'd say a few things, find yourself a niche that you like. So if you don't like your business, don't just start a business for the sake of it. Cause honestly you won't dedicate enough time to it. I used to run a drumstick business, but that's cause I was a drummer and because mm. I saw a need for, you know, like good quality Australian, Oh, well, sorry, Australian owned, but you know, American hickory um, yeah. drumsticks. And I loved it and I did it for four years and, you know, it took, so much of my time but i loved every minute of it so something mm. that you can get behind and something you can dedicate time to is super important but the word that i said there before niche is really important because mm. when you go into i guess soy candles again so much competition all of a sudden you have to do everything 10 times harder to get to a point where you're one of the main players or the main competitors so mm. find yourself a niche but when you find yourself a niche just because you have a niche product um a really interesting one i just brought on um a client from in queensland who sells like bird feed like premium bird yeah. feed that's a weird niche not many people are doing that he's smashing it he's he's doing incredibly well um and the reason that he does it is because he uses like premium products. He sources all of his produce and everything that goes into the feed locally in Australia. Like mm. he's done it really cleverly. That's what you need to do. You need to find your point of difference, something that differentiates you from your competitors mm. and something that you can really utilize. Cause when we go online now, like correct me if I'm wrong, when you bought something recently, most websites look pretty similar. Like mm. they're either going to be, they're either going to be built on the same template and, you know, more, more than likely the same CMS. Let's use Shopify as an example, yeah. cause that's pretty popular. <clears throat> so when I go to a website, I look for a few things. I look at what's their USP, so their unique sales proposition, mm. what makes them different and what's their hook. So mm. those are the few really little things that I look at and you can tell the difference when you go to somebody's website and they've got, like beautiful icons saying free delivery, Australian source product, mm. um, you know, warranty, um, buyer's guarantee, all of this kind of stuff. I encourage everybody to go look at appliances online. They are incredible at this. They do such great social proof. They have really good USPs mm. and they make it really well known to you immediately. This is the kind of experience you're going to get from purchasing from us. So mm. when you are building a website, Think about the user because we get so wrapped up in our product and our offering and what we're doing, mm. but I'm not buying my product. I have customers that are doing yeah. it. So ask them, talk to people, get their feedback. That's why we do conversion rate optimization. That's why we do heat mapping and user testing, get people's opinions first, make sure that it's got that user-friendly feel with mm. some differentiation and you should land on a pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I think that's such a good point you brought up. Like, taking the perspective of the the customer because I, I used to work like at a startup incubator for two years and the biggest thing that I learned because there was a bunch of basically entrepreneurs trying to build businesses mm. like I would say 70 80 percent of these people built were building stuff that they wanted like like I get it yeah you find a problem but like it's what you want it's not what the customer mm. wants so a lot of I see it all the time like people building like fitness brands like you know fitness companies tights you know, clothes, gym stuff. It's like, one, are you, are you building this because you, you genuinely want to, or is it because you saw Gymshark doing this and, you know, yeah. you think it's like, yeah, about, yeah. you know, you're going to be a billion dollar company. And two, exactly. like, what are you, like, what is your point of difference? Like, what does the 
customer actually want versus what you mm. want. Yeah, you want this cool, this cool like clothing brand for yourself. But what is what do you what problem are you really solving? I think. But that's that's the that's it exactly. The point of difference there is okay. So a really really good one um, is men's underwear. Yeah, so men's mm. underwear had been the same for years and years and years, and everybody was buying Bonds or Calvin Klein or whatever. Mm. Um, and then I've just obviously just invested in Step One, who is like a massive company who are doing a really good marketing spend, and their whole entire point of difference is underwear are tiresome they're polyester they're cotton they're crap they're not breathable they've made bamboo you know whatever underpants which at the end of the day is just it's just sales spin but it's clever they're talking about well bamboo is more breathable they have this elastic pouch blah 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 They're, they're trying to hint to you that there is a better version of underpants out there that you can buy and we have it and here are our packs and give them a go and it's such a simple concept. It's such a simple little thing to change up, but it's mm. so effective. And when you can do that on a massive scale, and then you can obviously drive sure. your marketing and get a lot of people to your website, you'll, you'll smash yeah. it. And I think there's a, there's a very important thing about that. It's like, you need to actually be different and not just say that you're different. Like, mm. you know, just because you put in the headline, oh, we're different, but you sell the exact same materials, like drop shipping, for example, like you sell the same candle from the same supplier, but you say, Oh, you know, we're different. We're amazing. We, we have better, better quality than X, Y, and Z. It's like, like pe- people figure that out. People know that you're not Absolutely. actually different. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah, people care. can see through it now. Yeah. We are, we are the savviest that we've ever been technically or technologically. Yeah. And we're only improving from there. Think about the fact that everybody is at home now, probably purchasing online. So everybody is looking at thousands of websites. Think about the fact that, people are now smart enough that when they're in a store, they have a small computer in their hand mm. in the shape of a mobile that they can look at reviews from people for yeah. your product. Like yeah. we are super savvy and the people that don't treat customers that, that way get burnt on the other end. Cause if you, if you don't treat them with the respect that they deserve, which is they're an intelligent informed person trying to buy the best scenario for them. Mm. Um, they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to be let down. And it's so funny that we get to this point because this kind of rounds this whole conversation up. We started with the whole conversation about agencies and this exact thing, which is yeah. don't overpromise and underdeliver. Make sure that you have a differentiation yeah. and you have a niche. It's the exact same when you're in e-commerce and when you're selling mm. a product, make sure that when you promote yourself and when you do all of these things online, yeah. you do it in a really transparent, organic way so that people want to invest in you. It's mm. the exact same as an yeah. agency, man. And I think that's kind of how we both, we yeah. both want to work. Yeah. I think uh, the, the, one of the best lines, of, I don't know who I heard it from, was like the best type of marketing is just to be authentic, just to be real, be honest and, you know people will love that about you kind of thing. So yeah, I think that's a really, really great way to wrap it up. I think, I think we've definitely spent, you know, quite a, quite a lot of time speaking. So um, I'll let you go. Maybe uh, if you want to tell people where they can find you, you know, if they, they need some CRO or some sort of work in e-com. Yeah, man, absolutely. You can find me on LinkedIn, just search for Dave Hyman. I'm more than happy to have a chat. Otherwise you can come to www.reformdigital.com.au and um yeah, while you're at it, give the guys at Journey Digital some love as well. They're really, really clever guys. Make awesome. sure you help them out. Thanks for the shout out, man. Awesome. No worries, man. Thanks for coming, Yeah. See ya. Bye. Cheers, Jace. Bye.